the gazelle. Mid-afternoon, Charlie flies past the row of semi-detached houses up the quiet suburban road. Neatly tarmac drives stand empty. Charlie pushes pedals hard and passionate up the slow incline. He's panting and wheezing with the snot in his lungs, but he doesn't care. The trim front gardens are quiet. Charlie should be at school, really. He's picturing alien craft chasing him up the hill. He can taste the tang of iron in his ragged gasps. Eyes streaming, the glorious boy approaches the cul-de-sac. His vital message must get through or all will be lost. Great blasts rip open holes in the road as he ducks and swerves his crappy old bike like a fighter pilot. He almost doesn't see the Clio backing up out of the drive. Almost. Some woman leans out of her front window and his eyes glaze over in anticipation. He hears, wah, 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 be more careful, wah, 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 what are you doing out of school anyway? His voice is quiet and he's embarrassed. I'm off sick, innit? You can ask me mum. Grace draws the steam iron across the shirt as it hisses and clicks and spits. The room fills with the smell of fabric conditioner and scented ironing water. She's thinking about going into town to get fireworks. A large flat screen TV in the corner displays a vista of some wild land, some probably African place. Attenborough, with his harsh soft whisper, is detailing the secrets of a family of gazelles. He crouches in the long grass and catches Grace's attention. She holds off the stroke of the iron for a moment to see the juvenile skip and play. She doesn't notice Charlie fly past the front window. Charlie bombs down the long incline of his street. He's got this fierce energy in him. It comes from being cooped up in bed for a whole week. It wasn't just the cold, he had antibiotics and everything. But Grace was raised on barracks, and if he was well enough to go out, it could only do him good. Charlie thought if he never played Game Boy again, it would be too soon. Charlie picked up still more speed. He was pushing, 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 trying to double up the force of the downward slope with his own efforts. He wasn't trying to beat no personal record. He was being chased by speeders. The bastards already burnt a hole in his arm. They would do worse to the settlement if they got there first. He had no choice. At the foot of the hill, he burst out between two parked cars in a shock manoeuvre, missing a bumper by a hair. One of the speeders wasn't so lucky. As he hit the road, he came at the sleeping policeman full tilt and yanked back hard on the handlebars. Grace puts the iron down on the board and curls up into the corner of the couch. The show has triggered a powerful memory for her. She allows herself a short break. She hugs a cushion. She's thinking of a day 12 years ago. She's thinking of her college flat, her second boyfriend. She gazes at the golden hides of the adult gazelles as they graze. They're untroubled, but still aware. They show the careful grace of adulthood. Away from them, the young one leaps about full of reckless joy and pride. Long legs spring and kick and the creature plays. Attenborough murmurs intimately. It's beautiful. She smiles. As she does so, Charlie hits the ramp. Charlie feels like a rocket going off. For one priceless second, both wheels are truly off the ground. The thud of return contact jolts fire up his arms and into his shoulder blades. With perfect control, he throws out the back wheel and slams his right foot onto the ground. The bike slides on one, two, two and a half metres while the gravel drags a layer of rubber from the soles of his shoes. The bike stops. He's off it in a moment. 
The pursuing speeder shoots over his head and crashes into the Dodson's garage. He's safe at last. He starts coughing and coughing. He goes to sit on the curb to calm himself down. The coughing subsides. Charlie pulls a half-eaten wham-bar out of his back pocket and sucks on it. The Dodson's fat cat stares at him balefully. He's forming an idea. He calculates how long he's got till his mum wants him back. Yes, it is enough time. A Toyota cruises past him. You can hear the wind chimes floating gently over from someone's back garden. It is a glorious, terrifying, brave idea. He pinches his left nostril and blows a gobbit of snot into his hand and flicks it into the road. He wraps up the wambar in the wrapper and stuffs it back into his pocket. Grace swallows a mouthful of lukewarm instant coffee. She is now totally absorbed by the dancing gazelle on the TV screen. Suddenly, the atmosphere changes. A cheetah creeps into the shot. Among the bush, she is awesome, menacing, a whole other kind of grace. Attenborough's voice drops low. The young one is tired, he explains. While the adults were conserving their energy, the juvenile was wasting it. The leaps and the dancing have left the animal weak. Grace puts the mug down. The young gazelle is 50 yards from the strong arrested group, 50 yards closer to the predator. Fresh the creature could escape. Tired, he has no chance. The cheetah hasn't eaten for many days. She has cubs to feed. She knows exactly who her target is. She has been watching all this time. Grace is totally sucked into this. Her breath is hanging on this moment of drama filled however many years ago. The cat stalks. The lookouts from the main group stiffen and snort at the air. The juvenile continues to play. A quarter of a mile away, a stolen BMW powers down the dual carriageway towards her estate. Outside, her son Charlie wheels his bike up the hill. It's Chestnut Hill. To a ten-year-old boy, it looks like a black-run ski slope. The semi-detached houses that line it seem to stick out at angles. Charlie stands at the top and looks down. He blows out a long, thoughtful lungful of cold air. He gazes at the T-junction far away below. There's no way to go forwards. You have to make the hairpin turn left, or you fly into the road and over into the Wentworth's front garden. The road is dead. The air is still. He sucks his tongue and thinks for a minute. Mad Mary Wentworth hovers around her porch in the distance. Charlie's not worried about her. She wouldn't notice if he put a brick through the window. He flicks the triggers of his useless flattened brakes thoughtfully. He almost has the air of an adult considering a proposition. He isn't. He's concocting a story to heighten the thrill of the game. He's summoning dark forces. Grace pinches her top lip between her thumb and forefinger and leans forward slightly as the cheetah moves. The cat comes out of her prowl into a trot. The tallest of the adult gazelles suddenly throws herself onto two awesome back legs and leaps into the air. The herd explodes into a fury of action. The cheetah displays her legendary land speed. Attenborough doesn't say a word. Grace feels for a moment how strange it is to have your own flesh beyond your control. 
to have a piece of your physical body like a rib or an organ just running freely about you. A stolen BMW, black as licorice, enters the leafy estate. It rolls in smoothly with the engine purring. It knows where it's going. This chicane of a suburban road weaves all the way through the estate, now back onto the carriageway. It is the ideal place. And this twilight hour before the Normans cure the way out from work is the ideal time. No school kids around, nothing. Just see how fast you can take the gleaming beast through and out. Put the shits up the ladies who lunch, watching brainwashed shite and doing crosswords. Feel something, please. Charlie edges over the brow of the hill, standing up in the pedals. The bike tips past the balancing point and into the descent. In his mind's eye, a great slavering beast is chasing him. Within a few seconds, the wind is in his face and the thrill in his stomach becomes intense. The front gardens on his left pass by, blur by blur, quicker and quicker. His eyes dart around ahead of him, his mind works faster, he's totally focused and totally high. The gazelle is quickly cut off from the herd. The cheetah swings around, suddenly driving him in a new direction. He's singled out. Now there is nothing but the chase. For a moment it seems that the cheetah cannot close the distance. The gazelle is on home ground and his long, sure-footed bounds clear the bush with ease. The cheetah has to slalom around obstacles, but oh my god, she is fast. Glorious close-ups in slow motion, like a dream. The BMW shifts up a gear and begins to pick up speed. The air starts to blast through the open windows and into the driver's face. The radio blares cheap house music. Driver flicks a cigarette out into the road, listens for the engine and throws the gear up again. It's an unbelievable car. It's like having a rocket to play with. The driver pulls her hood up and breaks the speed limit. Now she's into the run. The gear goes up and she's picking driving lines just like on the PlayStation. Drifting into the curves and powering out. Up ahead lies the junction at the foot of Chestnut Hill. All at once the gap closes. The gazelle just slows down, just because he's tired. He's tired from all the larking about before. The cheetah is in catching up in brief seconds, closing him down in a clear. The glory shot, all slow motion, the pounce, up and over the cheetah flies, taking hold of his throat, throwing herself into a forward roll, bringing him down by the neck, claws buried deep inside him. She lands so heavily she could have killed herself, but she doesn't. He pulls himself up onto his front legs and arches his back, stretching his neck up and away. His eyes bulge in terror and pain. Then he falters. Then he falls. The playful gazelle dies slowly under the tree. The exhausted cheetah butchers him expertly. She's desperate to get the meat home before the jackals come. Grace switches the telly off, turns the iron back on. Charlie hears the roar of the engine before he sees the car. He just about catches it over the whistle of the wind in his ears. He hardly registers it. He's too busy avoiding coming off his bike. It's too fast. The brakes do nothing. He realises he won't make the turn. He'll have to chance the road. His eyes dart right to check the traffic. He sees the beast. His heart leaps into his throat. His eyes bulge in terror. 
The raw screech of the horn and the awful noise of the engine are suddenly imminent. Charlie's crappy bike flies off the curb and into the road. He pushes himself up on the pedals with his legs and arches his back, throwing himself backwards. Charlie hits the concrete, back of his head first. Bike flies forward and is hit at 60 miles per hour by the BMW. The noise is like a gunshot. The bike flies into the air and spins gracefully away. The car swerves and regains control in less than a second. It's already out of sight by the time the bike hits the ground, 50 yards away. The ringing in Charlie's ears fades as he sits up. His clarity of vision returns in the passing moments. Across the street, Mary Wentworth is stood gazing into the air where the bike had been. She begins to sing. It's a, a haunting, beautiful song. It's like, you know, Enya or something. It's like something out of Lord of the Rings. A breeze ruffles the evergreens. Charlie doesn't cry. 